I thought it was decent. I think as I've heard others discuss, and I think one of the common themes is like the bombastic flourish of all things Miami Grand Prix, I think are a moment to reflect on like, well, what is it that really is like, you know, what <laughs> what constitutes excitement in this sport? And, and exactly. Whatnot. And I think there's some there's some stuff that I'm really excited about with the Miami Grand Prix. And then there's some other stuff that's just, you know, uh, uh, pretty predictably cringy and just like, ah, ah guys, yeah. come, come on, come yeah. on. Maybe yeah. that. And, and, you know, I am I'm really noticing a to the tremendous expansion of excitement in the American market. I am definitely seeing a counter you know, sentiment growing and growing and growing week by week and especially leading up to the Miami Grand Prix. And I think certainly following it, that is just like, Jesus, these Americans just coming in and, you know, poisoning everything with their yeah. cheeseburger sweat and, and whatnot. <laughs> it's, and, uh, uh, and fake pools, fake marinas and um, bullshit beachfronts. Uh, all right. Yeah. Well, that, let's uh, let's get into it. Welcome to the F1 Files, folks. We are a couple of friends talking about Formula One here in the United States of America. I am one of your hosts, Corey Willis. I am an improviser, writer, and comedian out here in Los Angeles, California. And uh, what's up, buddy? What's up, man? This is John Lapore. I'm a creative director working in uh, design, visual effects, uh, technology, all sorts of silly stuff. Uh, this was this was a huge weekend in the world of F1. We yeah. had the first ever much anticipated, much bandied about super dramatic Miami Grand Prix. Uh, yeah. Corey, what was your what was your just like straight off the cuff? What was your immediate takeaway from from this race, from this event, from the holiest of holy Formula One races to hit the United States market? Uh, I thought that it was interesting. Uh, it was definitely uh, a, a bit overblown uh, as 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 fans of the sport, as people who have gone to like our inaugural race. Uh, personally, was us going to Montreal, and that is mm -hmm. like known as like the the North American, or was known as like the North American party city. Uh, on on the circuit, or I guess like the American party city, really, uh, ultimately, yeah. um, because there was no no Grand Prix in the U.S., so North American yeah. party city that was that was and that was you Montreal. Know, it was in in those days. It was a thing that the drivers would discuss, like, oh, we love the atmosphere in Montreal because it's just yeah. like it's a huge party. Everybody gets really excited. Now, I think Miami shows up and uh, thermonuclearly blows Just, that yeah. out of the water in terms of yeah. sensation, in terms of event, in terms of scope and, and like everything. Just absorbed it. There's just no uh, – I, I, I'm interested to see what the rest of the Grand Prix on this continent are going to look like. And even the one down in, uh, in, in South America, the one down in Sao Paulo, because uh, that's also mm -hmm. known as like a big party – uh, of a circuit, but wow, Miami really, they outdid themselves, uh, as, as people who have spent time in that city, uh, that, that felt 
very much like the Miami Grand Prix. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. If you've ever been to Miami, Florida, that perfectly nailed what an F1 race in South Florida should feel like. Uh, I think the last one was in like the 50s, um, which is wild. They 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 haven't had a race. I think it was Sebring back in uh, like the, the mid 50s or something. Uh, I could have that wrong. But but just like I can't imagine what it must have felt like back then. But this felt like, oh, yeah, this is uh, an influencer, the age of the influencer, the age of uh, the the micro celebrity. I call them micro celebrities because I feel like celebrity is such like a niche thing now where you can be a celebrity, even in our two fields that are very close, you know, closely tied to each other uh, in entertainment. Uh, right. And like literally visual entertainment. Well, the- <laughs> Well, I there like are how, rock I like stars the, that we don't know each other, like that we wouldn't know. Uh, yeah, the, the Miami Grand Prix brought out the soft celebrity, the medium compound celebrity, and the full on hard celebrity. Maybe I've got that in inversed in terms of. I guess the soft would be your most intense, uh, like Michael Jordan. Would yeah. Michael Jordan be a hard a hard compound celebrity or a soft compound celebrity? I'd say. I'd say he's like the oh, qualifying I mean, lap of celebrities, right? Yeah, he's I'd say he's he's I mean he's the jump man, right? Like he's like the the original uh like superstar when they he's, classify he's the goat. Yeah, I mean he's the person when people refer to the goat, he's kind of the person who people were were, were talking about. Um when mm-hmm. when we reference uh, the Michael Schumacher era of Formula One. We refer to Michael Schumacher as the Michael Jordan of F1. That was like what we grew yep. up knowing Michael Schumacher as, uh, which, uh, you know, I, I think very appropriate because Michael Jordan, I know you loved him. I was not a fan of Michael Jordan when we were growing up. Like I was, mm-hmm. I didn't love him mm-hmm. at all. Um, uh, so that's like, it's a polarizing figure. Schumacher also was a polarizing figure. Um, I'd say Michael Jordan would be let's you know what I would say that like he is the 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 super soft remember like four years ago when we had the super soft <laughs> yeah. compound the right, purple right. rimmed uh it would, it would last last for three quarters of a lap uh yeah, yeah like just yeah if y'all think tires are are tricky now uh imagine what like the I think it was the ultra soft or the super soft uh one one of those two classifications but I'd say like Michael Jordan would be like the ultra soft, the the super soft tire. Uh, but then like we've got like a DJ Khaled uh, type uh, or, uh, oh, I feel so horrible even <laughs> putting them in the same classification. But like DJ Khaled or like a Michelle Obama, <laughs> um, those right, two right, right, right. Are, are like the, the soft compound, right? Like they're definitely, mm-hmm. you're going to get the best timing yep. out of that. That's like the, the most quality tire uh yeah. and then the medium compound would be uh i'd say like um no offense to him but it is america david beckham would be like a medium compound just like yep. solid yep. reliable mm-hmm. can go the distance um right can like work in nuance and then like the hard compound uh would would be just literally any of the nameless uh other like Instagram influencers <laughs> who were on the grid right, right, right. Uh, or yep. like anyone in like Pharrell's entourage where you're like, is that someone? Mm, no, I don't think mm-hmm. so. I think that's just someone who dresses weird. Uh, like uh, <laughs> watching, watching Martin interact with people. Um, oh, what a controversial thing that is too. People are like, 
uh, Martin Brundle's an old Englishman influence, like talking to influencers. And it's like, yeah, that's that's the point of that. Uh, I don't understand why mm-hmm. people are yep. like bugged out. Yeah, yeah, it's weird that he asked Meg the Stallion to freestyle. I mean, yeah, that was a little like mm-hmm. aggressive and maybe a maybe something that through the lens of like cultural sensitivity, an old white man like telling a young black woman who's a rapper to rap uh, in the moment. Uh that could be a little bit. I could see why people were like, "Hey, that was a bit much." But him not knowing That was a bit much, who- but was it was it a surprise to anybody? Come on. Oh. You know, no, I like, think it's a surprise to people who are new to the sport. I think that's what we're seeing, mm-hmm. which is kind of what you were saying before, where there's like this America is like, this is America. So we're seeing yeah, like, I mean, I say America, I mean the United States, uh, but like, this is what, when people think of American Grand Prix or a U.S. Grand Prix, I think they're going to look at this. They're no longer going to look at Circuit of the Americas. I think that's going to be looked at as like the Texas Grand Prix, right? Um, but I don't know if it's going to be as American as the Miami Grand Prix. Uh, it's just so much pomp and circumstance. It's just so much. Um, All right. So yeah, what, I, yeah, I, yeah. I think there's a lot of circus to to discuss here and i want to try to mm-hmm. not get too carried away with the circus because i <laughs> yeah, think we, that's we are like 10 minutes in and haven't talked about the race or anything at all we're just talking let's, about this let's yeah. <laughs> let's go straight into the meat and potatoes of the race and mm-hmm. and then let's circle back to the circus which to me is actually some of the most interesting aspects of this race uh just from a yeah. discussion standpoint um but uh, how did you feel about you know the overall quality of the the race itself? Maybe maybe less as a entertainment spectacle, but just as sporting Formula One. They happen to be competing in the southeastern uh, you know United States this weekend. Are are you saying it's time for us to rate the the race weekend uh, on our internationally known uh, scale? Uh, is that what you're, that, is that what you're that, asking for? That is correct. That is correct. Um, we, we, we do need to rate the quality of the race, yeah, uh, yeah. which I guess is, uh, I mean, technically does include the rating system should factor in some of the spectacle as well. Of course. Of course. Uh, but, but yeah. Uh, but let's say, I, I would uh, suggest, yeah. What, yeah. Do, what, do you what, have what's, a, what's, how, what's what, what, how the hell, how the hell do we calculate something like this? How yeah, do we, um, is there a standard that exists that we can measure this by? I think um, maybe the scale, um, just looking through, um, looking through the, the notebook that we have of all the different, uh, scales that we use, uh, Oh, uh, beach, uh, beach day. Um, it's, uh, the scale of beach days. So, um, uh, on a scale of like a perfectly sunny, not a cloud in the sky, not too hot, uh, delicate gentle breeze flowing off the ocean uh all the way down to like a muck filled uh just like oil slicked just gray beach day uh like where you're not even it's not even the beach we're not even talking the ocean we're talking like it's a bay beach uh like no waves there's seaweed you can see like dead fish there's the new jersey meadowlands yeah Yeah. basically yeah Uh, so on a scale of the new jersey meadowlands to uh, a crisp um uh floridian coastal beach uh what would you rate this weekend as okay 
Corey, I am going. I uh, first off, your uh, once again, you have perfectly calculated a uh, a meter that means nothing to me because I'm an unconventionally <laughs> pasty gentleman who hates the the sun and the punishment that the sun provides when I spend a day at the beach. And so I, I am going to liken this. So, yes. <laughs> the the Miami Grand Prix to I believe this was the summer of 2001 when we spent a day yep. with terrible ex-girlfriends at yes. uh jones at, at at jones beach out on long island uh, yep. uh and oh. we uh went out there a glorious beautiful perfect day a quintessentially perfect day through the roof i mean to, we were to, in, to go to the we beach. were in our college yeah. shape we were in like we were in a fighting yeah. form yeah. uh we you know we oh. young, young lads uh at the, at the peak of everything uh mm-hmm. and just spending a day on a on a beach with a cooler full of beer and mm-hmm. uh and just just hanging out and uh at the at the end of that day um that that promise of yeah. a wonderful blissful experience uh literally left me burnt uh yes. i had received a sunburn on the tops of my feet strangely it was, enough the, it was the so likes brutal. of which i have never seen it was it was it was horrifying it was yeah. disgusting like you, like you probably was, we probably should have taken you to the hospital like not this is i'm not even speaking hyperbolically like that probably it probably would have been a good move to take you to the emergency room or at least it, like it yeah. wouldn't have, yeah i i had like basically like a full ziploc bag sized blister on the top of both of my feet uh with yeah. like fluid sloshing around in it but i'll oh. i'll I, yeah. I, I digress <laughs> uh that was that was my take on the miami grand prix and you know what i had a good time while i was there at the beach it was mm-hmm. just that after the fact i was feeling like do I ever want to do this again? And that's that's just a little bit, maybe a slight exaggeration, but a little bit of how I felt about the Miami Grand Prix. Corey, on a scale of uh, New Jersey Meadowlands to a perfect day out in the Hamptons, uh, where where did this rake for you? Uh, I'd say so. Uh, the the thing that really um, that sticks out to me is uh, a trip that I took to Cape Cod with my family when I was young. And uh, as John, as you know, uh, and as some people who who know, uh, knew us growing up, uh, I was constantly getting uh, strep throat and sinus infections. Uh, and the, the, the vacation that I went on with my parents to, uh, to this place in Cape Cod, uh, we went out and it was like a beautiful beach, uh, but I had like a vicious sinus infection. Uh, and while I had this sinus infection, uh, I also got sun poisoning on the beach uh, that day. So it was like going on vacation with my family, then being sick on the beach and then getting even sicker after leaving the beach. Uh, so, again, the promise of something amazing, right? Family vacation, Cape Cod. You're going to like beautiful beaches that are relatively unpopulated, right? With like nice, good salt to the earth, New Englanders there, right? Um, Should have been a good time, right? But was not a good time at all. And it actually makes me think like I did not like going to Cape Cod. 
I'm I'm going to sum it up this way. Uh, I think the Miami Grand Prix, like a glory, a potentially glorious day at the beach, uh, will be improved upon in the future with some preparation that you know yeah. is, is tailored to not dive into it with full abandon for any of the downsides, like horrific sun poisoning and and whatnot. Uh, and just with with the little bit of restraint that comes with a nice, you know, SPF ninety sunscreen, and maybe maybe even an umbrella. You know, rent yeah, that umbrella maybe, at the beach. It's no shame and, in spending that that six dollars to see maybe the, don't spend, the kid who who works at the beach flexes muscles in front of your entire family as he yeah. pushes that umbrella into the sand in front of you. It's worth yeah. it. It's, it's and worth maybe it. like Go for it. maybe like don't stay at the beach until sundown like go to the beach and then like <laughs> you can leave after a few hours you don't have to stay and just wallow in the beachness of it uh which is what it felt to me i mean by by the by the post race show i'm usually pretty good at sitting down and watching all the interviews and really being engaged with that stuff and i just couldn't i was like when is this going to be done i'm so over watching watching my fellow americans like casually stroll through frame and try and get a selfie with someone while they're in the middle of an interview uh just this like total disregard for just the decorum that you're supposed to carry yourself with when you're at uh, a, a a sporting event let alone like an international sporting event that brings a whole bunch of eyes from the rest of the world onto us. Like there's, it's just, it's unfortunate, right? Like there were, there were some cutaways where it was like American fans with like their shirts off, uh, like screaming aggressively into the camera, like it was a football game. And it's like, guys, I get, trust me, I, Johnny, you and I have both like our voices have been hoarse after going to races, right? Like even practice sessions. Uh, but, we weren't taking our shirts off and and mugging to the camera, right? Like that wasn't, and no one else was doing that. Hey, uh, I, you, you know, yeah. I like a, I like a wild atmosphere at any event, and I'm, I'm, I'm down for for any of that. But it is still there. There was just this sort of like, you know, it felt like uh, Formula One is something that I do like to think of as being almost like Olympic caliber. Yeah, in its level of, uh, you know, it it is the height of the sport. I think there's a certain level of like sophistication that comes with it being something that's not just pure athletic competition and personal ability and skill, but also has this layer of like engineering and science and technology that goes into it. Um, and so what I, you know, what I felt was like, we were, we were steering, you know, the pendulum was swinging a little bit further away from like Olympic caliber and closer to like, I don't know, like the XFL X- or something. I was going to say, yeah, like the X games or like some sort of modified professional sport, maybe even like, an all-star game like the pageantry of like an all-star game where you're like this is more about the weekend than the actual like event itself uh which it so so i think yeah let's let's dive into the race itself yeah yeah Um, yeah yeah. so the, the the race itself um the race itself, I thought, was was uh, a suitable race. We saw a little bit of action. It was a solid Grand Prix. It had, mm-hmm. it had a standard sort of, or a semi-standard sort of like slow middle 
and then of course we have a um we have a safety car come out and sort of shake things up a little bit and bring a little extra drama and excitement into into the mix uh, and and give us a, a little bit of a, a finish i'd say one of the funniest uh i mean one of the funniest things i saw was a a meme of uh the the thanos uh and um oh and what's her name uh not gamora is it gamora um from from uh the from the avengers from, from- uh uh, from guardians of the galaxy or yeah uh, yeah uh yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah yeah uh the oh yeah 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 what 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 will it cost you know yeah and literally it was uh it, the next panel is uh, uh norris <laughs> and it was like yeah uh i mean that race it cost we needed we needed someone to shake it up and unfortunately is one it was one of the darlings of the race weekend um, and not to say that I'd rather see anyone sacrificed, uh, Latifi, but, uh, I, I would like, uh, to have, have seen someone <laughs> who like maybe hasn't scored a point yet or isn't like pushing a midfield team up against like the emerging midfield dominant team, which is Mercedes, right? McLaren and Mercedes are actually battling it out in the middle feet and the midfield. And I think that losing Lando that was if Ricardo didn't score any points like that. It's, it's not to say that I, I'm not happy to see Mercedes now dominating the midfield, but it looks like Mercedes is going to dominate. I mean, if, if Russell and, and Lewis keep performing well, uh, I say, well, so, so to me, that was one of the biggest stories of the whole weekend was it looked like we saw a serious uptick in performance yeah. from the silver arrows from the Mercedes team. And, uh, to me, Free that practice was one. comforting to see, um, yeah. still, I'll, and, and I'll be, I'll just be straight up still a little concerned that, you know, even with an uptick in performance that Russell seems to be outclassing Hamilton at yep. every at every opportunity and i it still makes me wonder where, also, where hamilton's state is at there was that there was quite literally and i know that safety car like strategy is difficult because you can't predict when a safety car is coming you can't predict how where you're going to be on the track when that safety car emerges what or like how long that period is going to be where you are whatever right you can't control any of that stuff but during the safety car moment hearing lewis just kick it over to the team to be like just tell me what to do is to me maybe the biggest red flag i've seen of him all season uh he him being unconfident in like i know what to do i will just trust that my luck and my skill will allow me to recover whatever right whatever crisis i get thrown into because of the decision i make the fact that he it feels like he's now questioning that it was very distinctly. It sounded like he was saying like, don't put the pressure on me to make the call. You guys like, geez, like you're, you're, you're putting me in a bad spot here. Would you guys just figure this out for me? Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, I mean, we expect him to be like second guessing their decisions. We expect him to have his own position and opinion and, and whatnot. And I feel like that's a, it's exactly what you, what you mentioned. It's a, it's a mark against, I think his own confidence in the, in the car, in the sport. And I'm really curious to see strategies. I mean, not even his, he's now the, and it's good. It's good that a driver trusts their engineer and their team 
technical director and literally team principal to cover your strategy and to know what is best for you. They're looking at all the data. You may have the car, you may have the direct feedback, you may have the weather, the wind, the bugs in your face, the rubber, you know, bouncing off your visor, but they have all the data. So of course they're going to know more than you, but it is that like, it was the, the giving over of, of that, like, Hey, can you guys just do like, can you just do it? Um, to me, yeah, that was like a, a bit of a signal that like there may be more, and, it, and it's especially happening. rough in comparison with you know his teammate and yeah. his his ability to basically like call out of thin air like I feel a safety car coming yeah any moment oh. now and and nailing Which, that beautifully. That's also like data supported, right? Like that's it's a street track, it's a new track. We've gotten deeper into the race. The further we get into the race, the more tire degradation has happened with the other cars, the more reliability issues could come up, right? The more like midfield battles could evolve into a shunt that could evolve into a double yellow, right? Like all of that is right just there. Sort of, for- I, I imagine though it's Russell like having yeah. this in this not even just like an intuition, but just sensing like yeah. I can feel everyone on the track pushing a little bit harder, getting a little more comfortable, maybe getting too comfortable. Too comfortable, yeah. Out here, it's that intuition. On the, yeah, yeah. Uh, which I, I, so, I like. As I, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm currently reorganizing some stuff, and as I was reorganizing my stuff, I had that like moment of like. Well, if Mercedes is out, if if not Mercedes, if Lewis is fully and completely out of his title contention, then it really is just going to be all about the team, right? Like it is just going to be about Mercedes needs to score the most points that they can in the constructors championship so that they can maximize their winnings at the end of the season and also maximize their wind tunnel time and CFD time uh, at the end of the season because the car is going to need to be developed into next season too. And if they're not the champions and they're not in the title contention, they're going to be in the position potentially where Ferrari is right now next year, right? Because this is what happened with Ferrari. Ferrari kind of was like, I think not that they gave up on the championship last year, but they 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 realized they put a season in the bank. Yeah. 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 Same. I mean, they did it to a, you, you can look at Haas and be like, well, Haas is like the purest form of that, but Ferrari, also backed way off at the the middle of last year and then brought in like development at the end of the year to be like hey by the way we're ready to go next year <laughs> i was like a, like i loved that they forecast that uh with those late season upgrades uh anyway if if anyone has the time go back and look at the way that ferrari brought in their upgrades at the end in the last leg of the season uh the last leg of 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 last season they brought upgrades when people were like Wait, why is Ferrari bringing up? What? Is, why are they doing this? There's no, they're not going to score any more points in the championship to get. Like, what are they doing? This is a waste of time. And it was literally Ferrari, just like, t- like literally like flirting with everyone, being like, "Hey, we're about to show you some." Sh-. Uh, and they did. Mm-hmm. And I think Merck will, at a certain point in time, and it's coming up pretty soon. Uh, right? Like we're we're deep. We're getting deeper into the calendar here. We're about to go back into the European leg. It's the season is going right. Merck is going to need to yeah. make that decision to back off and just go, Hey, let's look at next season, you know? Um, but I, I hope that's not where it's at. Cause I want to see them 
come out and like crush free practice one two uh and then like dominate qualifying at barcelona i don't see that happening but i would love to see it um but we'll see uh um i still have a i still have a sort of hope that there's a pendulum effect that happens when they're able to get the car to a point where both of the drivers are totally comfortable with it. I mean, fully at ease with the vehicle that all of a sudden we see like a, a surge in confidence and, and capability yeah. coming from the team as a whole. And, and that could do some amazing things. So we'll Which see. I, uh, I think we'll get there. Um, we'll see. Anyway, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's, let's, uh, to, to start real quick, uh, the Aston Martins had to start from the pit lane. Uh, did you, did you see that? Uh, what, what was going on with that? Yeah. What, what was the story there with them coming out in the pits? So they, they basically, uh, I saw that it was like a fuel temperature issue. Uh, and what, I guess the way that it works is, the teams will cool their literally cool the fuel in the garage before they put it in the car because at a cooler temperature, they can literally fit more fuel into the fuel bladder. Right. Uh, so like as the fuel heats up, it expands and takes up more space. So they keep it at a certain temperature, but when it leaves the garage in the car, it has to be at a certain temperature. And I guess that Aston hmm. Martin overcooled their fuel. So by the time it was going to leave the garage, it would have been too cold and literally would have disqualified both cars. So they were like, oh, we have to reset the fuel temperatures. But in order to do that, they would have had to start from the pit lane. So that's so that's what happened. I don't know how or why their fuel was cooled too much and everyone else was fine. Maybe it's because of like the heat in Miami. Maybe they just got it wrong. But it was like, that was such a shot. Uh, to see that they both like seeing the grin being yeah. like, wait, where are the Astons? Wait, they're both out. Like, wh- wh- what's what's this? Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know it's why. It's just such it- a like it's such an obscure and like absurd sort of thing. Uh, oh, what, what what are you guys doing over there? Uh, our uh, our our fuel our fuel was too cold. Like fuel, what fuel the f- was too cold. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it got, it's it's good because if you don't regulate the fuel, you do get something like Ferrari in 2019 where they were doing some shady shit with their fuel delivery uh and mm. that as soon as the FIA and Ferrari worked out their super secret deal uh you watch their performance <laughs> disappear <laughs> um uh but yeah that was that was a little upsetting uh Alonso came out and oh i mean he tanked Hamilton's like start i mean he did Mm-hmm. Um, there's no, I, I, I know as Hamilton fans, like, yeah, of course I'm going to have an extra eye out for this, uh, because of like the Alonzo Hamilton relationship, but like seeing that, like Alonzo's usually really good at clean, quick starts, but he, yeah. I mean, he was overzealous and just absolutely slapped right into the side, tire to tire, wheel to wheel. Uh, yep. And it was like front, his front wheel to Lewis's rear wheel. So even though Alonso got out of the steering a little bit, that literally affected Lewis's ability to put his pedal down and go faster. So he just dropped literally two spots. Immediately. I mean, I mean, right. in, in Alonso's defense, he was roaring through the field. He had he passed, was. I think 
if he if he had gotten around Hamilton, it would have been like his fifth car that he would have passed yeah, in the first yeah. quarter mile of the of the yeah, race. They, I mean, pretty pretty sensational stuff from from Alonzo and like yeah, little yeah, that would have been little, literally he would have made up uh, five places before the first half of the lap, before the first quarter, like you said, before the first quarter yeah. of the lap, he would have gained five places. Which Alonzo is notorious for being a great starter and being a great you know he's great off the line. Not that great. I mean, that is like, that's like Senna stuff. Like that was literally the way that Senna, if he mm-hmm. started anywhere back behind the second line, like it'd be like, oh, he'll just, he'll crush six cars in the first sector. Um, yep. And that's what Alonzo was on pace to do. But I mean, <sighs> the last car he tried to clear was, uh, was Lewis's and he did not clear it. Uh, but it's a first yep. lap, right? So it's a racing incident. He doesn't get docked, doesn't get penalized. But then he came back and did that almost the same thing. I don't know if it was in the yeah. same spot, but it may have even been in the same spot on the track with Pierre Gasly, which then that like was the the inciting incident, <laughs> which caused Pierre to lose control of his car, which then he went off track, gained to get got a little bit of uh, rubber on the tires, slowed down, got offline, came back on and then hit Lando. Um, so that, I mean, Alonzo then got penalized five seconds on that, which not that I want to see him get penalized five seconds, but as a Hamilton fan, I was like, good, <laughs> good. You, mm-hmm. you got penalized for tanking like Lewis's best start of the season. Like this is the most confident yeah. he's been. And to just, yeah. Um, I know I'm, I'm showing my, my bias quite a bit here, but it was, it was frustrating. Uh, Ricardo and uh, Schumacher made up three spots on the grid too uh, in that first like quarter of mm-hmm. the lap. They were destroying it too. Um, oof! But then, oh Mick, Mick and Vettel, that was Mick and Vettel. How how like it's it's almost like heartbreaking. And to see to, how he did see. it he... too, like he just rammed it. Was if they were not friends, I'd be like, uh, that felt deliberate like were you just like not did you not see that he was literally right in front of you like he he was towing you around you were towing each other around that track for like 40 laps at that point uh what happened did you did you see how that got mixed up like what uh, i didn't i you know i just saw i i I couldn't even track who was at fault i was just like no just seeing you know the the knowing the the really tight almost familial relationship yeah between Sebastian Vettel and the way that he's uh, been been mentoring Mick Schumacher um it was just alarming to see them get get in get so tangled up and like i don't know maybe that's a maybe that's a story that's going to unfold over the rest of the season and we'll see the the relationship yeah. dynamic evolve between the two well. of them We'll certainly see it in next season's Drive to Survive, uh, whether we want to or not. Um, right. So we had, uh, other than that, we had uh, lap seven. Uh, Zhou Guan Yu was out of the race. He he had something. Do you know what went wrong with his car? They they had to retire well, that Alfa Romeo. Um, yeah. What what was going on with the Alfa? I don't know. Uh, I I I just saw that he had to retire. I mean, I think that they had maybe a transmission issue, maybe a gearbox issue. I know that the alphas have been struggling with that, but but I don't I don't know for sure. But that was that was upsetting because uh, 
the alphas looked really good this weekend even with yeah. even with joe I mean, getting particularly... like qualifying you know yeah yeah for sure and i mean seeing uh yeah seeing botas uh push that car around beautifully um yeah. you know great great stuff to see yeah oh, so great so great watching valtteri succeed i mean and be happy it's just it's so it's truly heartwarming. Uh, he was not happy at Mercedes, clearly. Like, no, 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 uh, no. And that sucks. It it sucks because, yeah, Lewis. He wasn't as good as Lewis, and he knew it. And it sucks to have to be the wingman. Uh, but yeah, that's your job. <laughs> and he got paid tens of millions of dollars to do that. So uh, we can't be mm-hmm. that. We can't feel that bad. Uh, all right. Uh, so then we got that battle. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, so it was, it was nice to see almost throughout the the race, uh, two battles, you know, battle happening for, for first place and the battle happening for third place. Yeah. And seeing that sort of like, you know, go back and forth and, and to just sort of like reignite, all right, this season is looking to be like it is all about Ferrari versus Red Bull. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, um, I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, um, and seeing uh, I'm Carlos. Here for I know. I yeah. I know. I know you were happy to see mm. Carlito uh, uh, be <sighs> able to fend off Sergio Perez. It um, really it meant the was... world to me. Uh, it, it truly <laughs> did. I was so so worried for him. Uh, uh, I loved it. I loved seeing that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, seeing those battles uh, were were great. Um, and, and, and Carlito still not even fully recovered from a nasty no. shunt on, uh, during Friday practice. Uh, yeah. and then I don't know if you, I don't know if you saw, there was a, a video making its way around, uh, 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 social media and it was Carlos walking onto the track, hopping over the fence and bashing his skull into a like overhead bar. There's like those little holes uh, on the straight. Yeah. There's that fence. And then there's those little kind of pass through holes that someone can kind of pop through and he's climbing through. And uh, I I forget if this was early on Sunday or if this was during qualifying and he smashed his head so hard and you just saw him like kind of go cross-eyed and then just look angry at the earth. And, uh, and then just kind of like shake it off and just be like, oh, you know, I didn't need to I didn't need to do that. And I just feel like it's the that's now becoming my favorite. Like Carlos signs is the Carlos signs who's just like just sort of like blunderously frustrated at yeah. himself uh, yeah, yeah, for, for not, one reason yeah, or literally. another. <laughs> like no one else is at fault except him. Uh, it is pretty funny, um, but also sad, but very funny. Uh, oh, um, yeah, the, uh, the, the pit stop that, that Mercedes had with Hamilton, his first pit stop, I forgot what it was like to watch Mercedes do a sub three second pit stop. And it was pretty cool to watch that. Uh, super elite. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, and, and all the other team, not all the other teams, but a lot of the other teams are fine, but Mercedes has been doing like three, three and a half minute or three, three and a half second, uh, four second pit stops, uh, especially on Lewis's car. There have just been issues. He's had a bad, bad streak of luck. So it was great to watch him pull into that box and then get out of there 
lightning fast. Like I'm so accustomed to watching them do uh, these pit stops, but they haven't been able to figure it out in the past few races. Um, so that was really, really good. Um, but again, kind of wasted because the rest of the that stint, there was nothing doing. Uh, it was really nothing for him to do. He just kind of hung out uh, in in that spot and and defended yep. uh, that that fifth spot, um, which was which was tricky. Uh, oh, when the rain, when they said that there was going to be rain, that was like lap thirty or something like that. Uh, yeah. I got so so excited. Uh, yeah, I was. I, so I was looking at Twitter uh, in parallel with the race, and I was seeing tons of people saying, "I'm not at the track. I'm at the beach in Miami, and it's pouring, pouring. rain." Yeah, yeah. But that's. I mean, you know, that's how South Florida. Yeah, that's, that's is, Miami. You know? Yeah. Um. Yeah. That that is that that is the danger and like the allure of that place is. Like getting caught in like a tropical rainstorm in Miami, depending on where you are and what you're doing can be the most romantic thing in the world or absolutely terrifying. Uh, and I would have loved to see some of that like terror on, uh, on, on track, uh, as those teams figured out how to drive on a fresh track. Because if that mm-hmm. if rain had to hit that track, all that like oily the 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 bitumen that they they refer to, that stuff would have leached up, and we would have had cars all over the place. It would have been carnage. Yep. Um, which I guess it's good because the barriers, as like shown by Esteban and uh, and and Carlito, they were unforgiving. Um, yeah. 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 Had, that was a fifty G crash. That Esteban Ocon crash was over 50 g's like that did not look like a 50 g crash uh but i mean that's that's the thing man is those cars are perfectly built to withstand impacts with tech pro and tire barriers they are not Mm -hmm. built to have impacts against immovable objects uh they will shatter they will crumble they are not good in those situations um that's what we saw um hopefully they'll make some changes next year and they they will great branding for red bull great marketing for red bull as everyone slammed into their logo and then the camera was just lingering on like the red bull miami logo but uh i I was that was that was concerning i hope they make some changes there uh what else earlier in the race did you notice johnny uh was there anything else that that stuck out Uh, there wasn't anything else that really caught my attention too much i think from there it was for me just about watching the race kind of reignite itself after the the safety car and then seeing you know again those those dual battles happening between uh ferrari red bull ferrari red bull um oh the uh i guess the one other piece was seeing a little bit of on track tension uh between lewis hamilton and george russell as teammates Uh, i think this is the first time we've seen them kind of duke it out with each other a little mm-hmm. bit and i think uh, again it seemed as though hamilton was maybe a bit passive but you could tell he wasn't, yeah. wasn't trying to make it easy it was, certainly wasn't didn't look like team orders to me you know no no that was that was letting them race and that i think that was be- because it's their first close contact on track their first opportunity to race each other i don't think we would have seen team orders 
mm-hmm. unless because they also weren't fighting for a podium, right? Uh, so yep. if they were fighting for a podium, that's a different story, right? If they're competing for fast lap, that's a different story. But these are just two cars trying to score some midfield points. So I think that well, because of Lewis's skill and George's uh, uh, skill, I think that they were just going to let them go. Well, what, what, just so sad to hear you describe it like that. Uh, it's just two team, just two team members fighting for midfield points. Oh, yeah, this is where that, we are in twenty twenty two. It is. It is I, what it is. Yeah, I don't. I don't love it. I don't love it. But this is also this is that thing where like I'm. All right, so I, as like a, another sport, uh, I was a Yankee uh, fan. Like I, I am still a Yankees fan. And growing up in the '90s as a Yankees fan, there was this turn of like early '90s Yankees were not good. Late '80s, early '90s Yankees were not good. Uh, but then when the '90s hit, we started being good. I'm saying we, like I'm a member of the team. I'm not. Um, uh, the the Yankees started doing well again, started winning World Series, and started making it deep into the playoffs. Uh, and to me, as a Yankee fan at that time, I was like, "This is earned." Like I feel like we deserve this because we put in some hard work. We put in. We went through hard times, right? So I don't think that it it does suck to see Lewis struggle it does suck to see george not in a car that he deserves right like a car that can win a world Mm -hmm. championship because george russell will be a multiple world champion if he gets a car that can suit him right like we've seen what he can do in a car that does not suit him so uh i I, it's it's unfortunate but it is a character building moment it is like hey this team is either going to eat itself alive which i don't see that happening i think they've struggled through enough with like the Nico yeah. uh, and Lewis issues and and all that, so I think that they're going to build build themselves up to be a stronger team because of this. Uh, so it hurts my heart to say that they're a midfield contender and they're nothing more than that. But I think that that will. This is a team that knows how to win championships and wants to be back in championship contention, especially in a three way fight with a legendary team like Ferrari, right? Red Bull is like the like, I don't mean to dismiss Red Bull, but Red Bull being the newest of newcomers, right? They are the team that it's like, yeah, if you beat Red Bull, then like, sure, right? If you beat Ferrari, if you're like competing with Ferrari and dominating Ferrari, that is some legendary stuff there. So I know that Mercedes wants to be back in that fight and they will be, uh, but they're just a midfield contender right now. Um, Oof. That's it. That's 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 where we stand. Um, um, but before Corey, before we inevitably turn the corner back into more of the general trash of the yeah. Miami Grand Prix, is there anything else of substance from the the race itself that um, you wanted to to touch on? Just those. I just really really enjoyed, uh, like you said, uh, the 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 that battle. Uh, I think it was like lap fifty between Russell and Hamilton. Uh, Verstappen and Leclerc and Perez and uh, signs. Uh, it was really cool to see that kind of action. And then there was also action back in like the midfield. Uh, there was still a whole bunch of action, obviously with Sebastian and and, and Mick coming together. Uh, and Alonzo and Ocon were in tandem too. They were running um, two by two uh, or, or one by one rather. Uh, and Ocon was pushing the people back a little bit in order to try to keep Alonzo out 
at, in the points. So there was like some teamwork that was happening in that in in like the back of the midfield, uh, which was really really cool to see. And it wasn't he wasn't being like a jerk about it, but he was not pushing Alonzo as hard, uh, and Ocon was not uh, not not trying to overtake Alonzo. Um, oh, Verstappen was porpoising. The Red Bull was mm-hmm. porpoising quite mm-hmm. a bit mm-hmm. after that restart, and this was the first time we saw that all season long. They've struggled. They yeah. said that they struggled in testing, and I believe them, but this was I've not seen that car porpoise like that before uh and it wasn't like a little bit like you'll you'll see in some of the other cars that are dealing with it a little this thing was bouncing like truly bouncing so we'll see um uh yeah maybe I, as mean, they develop I, that I, car, I think it's, it's worth it's it's worth stating that i think red bull and max in protect in particular really showed some strength this weekend in dealing with some serious challenges, both with having yeah. some serious problems during practice and he had five and, laps before qualifying. He only had five yeah. laps in that car before he almost put it on pole. I mean, as much as I want to talk trash about Red Bull, I'll, I'll say it over and over again. Max Verstappen is one of the best drivers in the sport, uh, certainly in my lifetime. And he may be one of the best uh, it's just that he's in the shadow and was in the shadow of Lewis for so long, but he's all, he's been good and he, he's great. I mean, he's, he's perfect. He's a perfect driver. He knows how to handle a vehicle, even when he's got no experience on the track. Like that is, yep. it's just such an, it's such a wild thing that he could even have been in the top 10 after only getting five laps in that car. Like I know the simulator is like the simulator and they've got a lot of laps in that, but that's yeah, only but that five means laps. nothing. <laughs> yeah. That means nothing. It yeah. doesn't have the like proper, yeah. like, you know, surface conditions and adhesion levels dialed in and whatnot, especially on a track that they have no proper data for. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it, to me, it always comes back to that, that race in Brazil where he made his own wet line around yeah. the track in a way that was so different from every single other driver on track. And to me, that was an immediate sign of like, okay, this guy just knows how to like read the yeah. track and find his ways. Um, pretty, pretty impressive stuff. Um, yeah. All right. Really so, impressed with him. I want to step back and look at the event as a whole again. Yes. You know, yeah. this is yeah. a huge so, deal. Right, let's this, just this. just to button it up. It was great to see uh, yes. Leclerc uh, and and signs round off the podium. Um, it was great to see Carlos on that podium. Uh, Max exhausted all of them. All absolutely of them. exhausted. They're brutally exhausted. Like, they looked deeply uncomfortable, even being in the cool yeah. down room. They 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 had the camera in the cool down room once again, and it looked as <laughs> yeah. though they literally were just they, like we're not it, ready yet for the podium. They like, also kept it so tight on uh, on on Charles uh, because Carlos was just there with his shirt off, like he like you could hear him off camera being like, "Do you have like a t shirt or something? I just can't." Oh, yeah. Okay, and then yeah. he puts the long sleeve back on, and you could just see him like, "Oh no, come on, guys, this is." Literally Miami, like it's almost summertime in Miami. Come on, you're you're literally killing us. Uh, yeah, that was that was that was bananas. Um, Outstanding. Um, Yeah. So, you know, uh, I I will say there's a there was quite a few things about the overarching spectacle of the race that I was impressed with. 
the facility and the track itself looked so like an good. incredible, incredibly sophisticated operation. And I mean, yeah, and and like nothing like, you know, what I think of when I think of like a street circuit, I think of like Baku, right? Mm-hmm. And I actually don't really think of like Montreal as a street circuit. It technically is. Um, yeah. But yeah. Montreal really comes off as like a thorough. More purposeful. Uh, yeah. Yeah, a, a proper racing facility, and this looked every inch like this was a a full on serious facility. I thought it was really nicely integrated, you know, around the stadium and and whatnot, and just looked, uh, you know, when you would see the helicopter views of the track and everything, it looked absolutely sensational, and yeah. and and looked like it was a really quality. It didn't look like something that was set up in the week and a half leading up to the event, which it wasn't. I mean, they, it, uh, my understanding is that they dug, you know, six feet into the ground through the, I mean, it's technically in the quote unquote parking lot of the football stadium, but it, it you know, it's, it's, it's about as purpose built as I think you can get given the circumstances. Yeah. Uh, and I, 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 I'm really excited to see the, what it looks like um, after like, after everything is broken down, uh, that's going to be really cool yeah. to see. Um, uh, because I know what it looks like, what it looked like before they started construction. Uh, certainly know what it looks like now during the, you know, when, when all the race stuff Well, not even now, I'd say probably today is when most of it's already been broken down. That's what they're saying. And they are packing it up and putting it in like warehouses pretty much as they were packing up, uh, and the teams were shipping their stuff out and getting onto their planes they were packing up the racetrack and the barriers into warehouses all around that stadium. Uh, so, so it's, it's, it's really cool. I was really impressed with that as well. I didn't love the highways around it, but that's, you can't really control that. Just seeing I actually a bunch kinda, of, I, I, I liked, I liked seeing like some shots where you'd see like, you know, street cars driving by and then a Formula One car ripping around the corner, you know, yeah, just yeah. below the elevated highway and, and, yeah. and whatnot. Uh, I mean, I it was okay. It just, it like really, as someone who's who lives in LA and like sees so much traffic camera uh, action and like helicopter traffic camera, right. I was like, right. oh God, I hate what this, this makes me just, this just reminds me of like, there's just traffic everywhere and like cities suck. And like, <laughs> uh, this is not the beautiful Austrian countryside. Um, you know, uh, whatever. Uh, but I, I thought it was, it was really, really cool to see the, specifically the the wire shots uh the way that they would bring in uh those uh those cameras that they had on on wires uh that they would like basically like pivot um with shots that would go down the straight as the cars would pass by it was something really really appealing about that um and just so cool watching like cars in the florida sun uh the sun yeah. is different in florida the sun feels different uh, the sunshine and the sunlight, uh, John, like you were just there, you know, there's like a distinct and different feeling to the Florida sun. There's a reason why it's called the sunshine state and oh, seeing yeah. those cars in the afternoon sun was just, that was really, really cool. And I would have loved to see that. And I look forward to seeing it next year. Uh, cause I, I am going to, I am going to try and go next year. Um, but I, I, I want to see those cars in the Florida sun. Uh, that was incredible. Um, um yeah, yeah, I, I, 
I do I do always get a kick out of seeing whenever they take the moment to show you like who are the celebrities that happen to be in the paddock this weekend. Yeah. I I honestly in every race I always get a kick out of that more than anything because for me again as just like an American fan who is constantly trying to explain to people that this sport is not NASCAR. It's a different thing entirely and whatnot. Like to me, it's like a a validating thing to be like, see, you've heard of this person. This person Mm -hmm. shows genuine interest in, in the sport. And so I don't mind when they take that moment to be like, Oh, look at who's here this weekend and and whatnot. And obviously there was a, an enormous amount of that here in, in Miami. Yeah. Who, uh, who did you see, uh, at the track who you were most surprised to see there. Uh, uh, yeah. Who, yeah. Who are you most surprised to see at this, uh, at this race? Uh, I, I mean, I think honestly, uh, Michael Jordan, like being out and being like, uh, very publicly visible because I think of Michael Jordan as like a dude who like, yeah, he may show up for anything anywhere, but he's going to like stay in his own bubble and that he was, I took it as like a very active or intentional like endorsement. Yeah. Um, which, and I've heard people speculating that whenever you see any of these celebrities there, that it is, there is like a big endorsement thing going on or that they've been, that they, is they, they get, the, you know, Yeah. Which is, that's sad. Um, but that is, I mean, that's, that's the business, right? We're, we're literally in like every car has sponsorship, right? So of course the celebrities and the big names are also going to be sponsored. Uh, so it's a, it's a corporate endeavor. Uh, I don't hate it. Any, any, um, anyone you were surprised by, uh, Corey? Uh, I'd say, uh, Michelle Obama was, was certainly yes, the, yeah, 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 the yeah, one yeah who really shocked me. Uh, uh, I know that her brother is, uh, is a basketball coach and like, is like a really is, was really big, uh, and is, is still big in the basketball world, um, uh, with like consulting and coaching. So it's not shocking because there was so much around the Miami heat and basketball. Um, I think he may even work for the heat organization, I think. Um, but it was really cool to see her there, uh, unexpected, um, uh, and then there is this one guy I'm like trying to find him now. Uh, it's one of the, the Instagram celebrities <laughs> that I like found. And it's this, the most adorable, uh, human being. He's a British man who is like obsessed with train spotting. And he was with the Williams. Like he was like a guest of the Williams team. Uh, just like he's all he does is do like front-facing video with this weird uh, bowed it, out the, 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 oh i yeah. love him so much the, Go, the gopro mounted like an inch off his nose looking back at his face as he yeah it, screams with childish delight at, at yep. trains uh, yeah at, at the tones uh that they give uh that they keep giving him as he's like uh and his like best buddy is gordon i've gone through this dude's instagram and just like scroll through every <laughs> single every single one uh yeah his like favorite conductor or like buddy his name's gordon and he's like always like gordon can you give us a tone it's amazing um but he was the the person that like i was like oh i don't think i ever would have known who this person was if there was no like formula one celebrity like crossover i don't know if i ever would have been introduced to a man who's train spotting like this uh Mm -hmm. so now i'm like oh 
I get that like this is good. The celebrity crossover and the influencer thing, it can be good. It it's not all just like booty pics and like, you know, uh um people on yachts. Like it can be like yep. an adorable man in the English countryside uh with uh, a camera on his face that makes him look like one of the uh uh, characters from Attack on Titan, like it's just. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I thought that was a that was a very clever way of, I guess, like desexifying the yeah. Miami Grand Prix in a in a way of just like you know balancing things out a little bit. Much appreciated. Yeah. So I think that yeah, um, there's there's some stuff that I think that they can take what they did this year and refine it for next year. I I also and I I've heard some controversy around this, but I actually really liked Willie T. Ribs uh, doing the post race interviews. Chuck Chucky I Chucky th- Leclerc. I mean, yeah, Colin Colin Charles Leclerc. Chuck, I mean, obviously w- w- Willie T. Ribs knew what he was doing, and he was trying to like throw a spin on it. But I thought that was beautiful. Uh, you know, Chuck Chucky Chuck. Chuck Leclerc, I love it. I'm I'm on board with it. It's better than all the uh, boxing analogies. um, Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's 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 better than a lot of what we tend to get at uh, at these races, as far as this stuff goes. I mean, especially with the post race interviews. Whenever it's not a former driver uh, or a former like F1 or racing celebrity. They are so cringeworthy. I mean, folks look up like Arnold Schwarzenegger giving, uh, like giving over the, the trophy at the, the, the circuit of the Americas, I think at their inaugural one, it's him. And it's the most, it's one of the most cringeworthy interactions you'll ever see. Uh, it's, what would you say next weekend? Would do you think do you think that next weekend you will maybe you and your team you will all maybe be back? <laughs> it's just it's just so gross. Uh, and Lewis being like, "Wow, I thought you were taller." And it just just the like, <laughs> oh, oh my god, I I wanted to crawl out of my skin when I watched that. And even thinking back on it, I'm like, yeah, no, I'll take I'll take a boxer doing a post race interview any day of the week over Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> any day. Um, but yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, so, so uh, uh, plenty to not like, and I think even last week we talked about the, the fake Marina swimming mm-hmm. pool. And yet somehow I felt that they were able to like out, out uh, do that in terms of cringiness. And so I'll I'll throw one piece out there. I'm going to save the piece de resistance for you because I've already seen via Twitter some of your your feelings. But uh, for me, I was not a fan of the the football helmets on the podium. Like it was already for me a little cringy when they were doing the like Stetson cowboy hats at Circuit of the Americas. And it was like just barely like, all right, I guess it's kind of cute. Uh, it's a little like, you know, and now it's just got me thinking like, are, are we just going to like go through like a what's the what's a somehow a relevant new wacky piece of headwear that we can do on on podiums every weekend? Like, you know, yeah. what, what does that mean for, you know, and, and, and just like to me also everything is worth like imagining like what's going to be the even worse version of this that we're going to see next year in Las Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. There's going to, there's going to be something real bad next year. Like I'm I'm thinking like there can't 
possibly be a Vegas specific piece of headwear that they could come up with? Are they going to, they're going to, they're going to, during the cool down room when everyone's like, it's been blazing hot racing here in Vegas. Vegas was a horrible choice. They're going to be like, shut up and put all this blue paint on. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's gonna, it's got to be some sort of visual something, or maybe the cool-down room is literally in the middle of the fountain show at the Bellagio. <laughs> like, that's where they held. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I, there's, it's going to be bad. We're going to lower be... you onto the podium via aerial silks to as a yeah. tribute to Cirque du Soleil. Yep. Uh, you know. Oh, and Bette oh. Mittler is going to present the, the trophies. Um, or yep. Cher. Cher or Bette Mittler, one of yeah. those two. Yep. Um, ugh, or they'll do right, like so, a hologram so, projection of Frank Sinatra. Uh, oh, Jesus <laughs> um, Christ. Presenting. Yeah, why not? Um, so the, the. All right. So, yeah, yeah. Lay, lay, lay it on us, Corey. What was the worst? I'd say the absolute worst was the uh, trip to the podium. Uh, was the the cool down room yeah, without uh, without question trip to, trip to the podium without they, question police escort okay we are this is a country and a society that is racked with police violence like racked there's systemic police violence all over this country last year uh, and the year before that whenever protests have happened in this country there have literally been police riots like police throwing old men there's footage of a police officer in buffalo new york throwing an old man to the ground splitting his skull open and then other cops stopping him from helping an old man who's bleeding out from his skull yeah uh and then they put these f1 drivers uh behind a couple of uh highway patrolmen on like a dune buggy that is also well this is this is this is already uh, in uh when a formula one race is going on there is a serious like inner sanctum of the race which is the paddock and it is the most secure place you have to go through multiple stages of security checkpoints to get any sort of access back there and just to sort of guess tens of thousands of dollars if you are not someone associated with one of those teams yeah just to have a badge that can scan you through one of those like yeah it's it doesn't get more secure <sighs> and so to throw up well i just i just thought it was stupid that they had this little i think it was like a mini moke but i think to most people like it looked like one of those golf carts that's had like a, a hummer h2 conversion yeah. done on it yeah. um and so they they had and from what i could tell they had three separate versions of these they had one for first place one for second place one for third place and then they had a a police motorcade which yeah i mean uh it was just it was just silly it was clearly staged because the police motorcade was waiting for the camera vehicle in front to lead the way so that it could look back at the and i you know see the driver that those were sound cues like that was not actual siren. That was probably an effect that was like put in through the direction of the television oh. director. Like it, yeah. it was such that a, was, it was the cringiest thing I've seen. Um, yeah, it was mega, mega corny. Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Pretty, pretty um, stuff. Yeah. And just like tone deaf, like such a tone deaf way. We're like, I think the entire world is battling authoritarian regimes and like rule. So like, yeah. 
to the parade militarization of <sighs> tiny local police departments and yeah and like it's and and just seeing yeah and and even just like practically imagining like these drivers who are deeply uncomfortable like it's the one of the most physically yeah. grueling races maybe the most physically grueling race of the entire that's what they're saying yeah that they're yeah. dealing with and then they're just sort of like stuck in this like television friendly parade like there's just yeah it was ludicrous it was, i thought that was uh that that was that was that, that was, was pretty tough. trashy yeah yeah that's yeah. Li- i mean that was like that was the taste that i had in my mouth going into the post-race interviews so i was just like i need to stop what what i just saw on my screen i need to not watch this screen anymore to like cleanse myself of it uh which is not a, that's not a good way of leaving a Grand Prix weekend. <laughs> that's for mm. me as an American fan. I knew it was going to be cringy. I knew it was going to be rough to watch. I knew I was going to have moments of like big, deep eye rolls. But I was not prepared for a police motorcade escort from the cool down room through a building into a podium situation. Like I, that was. I couldn't believe that. Uh, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. It was, do better. Uh, do that, better that Liberty was... Capital. Do better. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We can, we can make this work. You know, we can, we yeah. can get there. It's just, uh, uh, the, the setting and everything, it's already, uh, it's now we're just pouring, you know, uh, powdered sugar on top of ice cream, you know? Yeah. Like let's, well, it's let's like- pump the brakes a little bit, guys. I think the only thing that would have been maybe more on the nose would have been if like they were picked up by uh milit like US Air Force drones and then flown from the cool down room to the podium. I think that may have been the only thing that could have been more like yeah like perfectly on the nose uh for the authoritarian regime that is the United States government uh, and its weird proxy country within itself. That is Florida. Wow. Florida is a weird place. Uh, um, all right, Johnny. Uh, so as far as, I mean, I still think that we got to ask the question. Uh, we got to figure it out. Did yeah. has, F1 uh, stock has go formal- up? I think, uh, I think it went, way up i think it was mm-hmm. a huge event i think it was as big as anticipated and although i want to say that it skyrocketed upwards and then had like a tiny little dip at the tail end i think at the end of the day as far as these charts go these chart these charts tracking formula 1 stock yeah are for the masses and i think for those of us tight within the formula one community those of us who are diehard fans uh were the ones that care about like the hyper sensationalization yeah of the sport sure. going too far and i think to anybody else they're still just figuring out like they're still just calibrating like how big is this thing super understated or is it you know really over the top and i think to them it won't make that much of a difference and will uh most likely just make it seem even more like how have i not known about this thing this whole time this seems really really big and so i think you know as long as they can just find a little bit of a balance in there we'll be uh we'll we'll be good in the in the long term uh growth potential i think so too i think we're we're this is like a like a um 
I hate to equate it to 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 crypto, but yeah, uh, I think this is like on some like Bitcoin. Like we have seen uh, uh, just like a full on like climb, like an epic climb in the value of this. And yes, there was like a bit of a dip, a bit of a drop. But if you look back even 10 years, you'll see that this stock was flatlining, right? So like the fact that like it may have like dipped, but it's increased in value exponentially. It's still, it's okay that it's dipping after this. It's okay. And this is also that thing of like, it's an American company who's running this, right? It's a US company, Liberty Capital. They know that any and all publicity is good publicity. So the fact that like they kept that marina, they knew it was going to be a talking point. They could have not put it there. They could have just decided to not put a marina there, but they knew that that was going to be a talking point. They knew that was going to gain them traction and criticism, and that was going to be a talking point memed, right, forever and ever on the internet. And I think that they're looking at this as like a, yeah, it was very cringy to watch them get driven to the the podium uh, in a police motorcade. But that is a memeable thing. And that is a thing that people will then go, hey, remember this? That was wild. What do you think they're going to do this year at Vegas? Right? Like, it's a mm-hmm. game. It's a there. This is this is a strategy. And I think that it Liberty Capital knows what they're doing. Uh, and they are sensationalizing the sport so that next year people are going to tune in to the Miami Grand Prix for sure to see what they're going to do to top themselves. And then they're going to go, wait, they're doing it in Vegas too? Okay. They they topped it like this here in Miami? Let's see what they do in six months in Vegas, right? Like that's that's what we're going to see. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. I think it was smart. It was Still smart deeply deeply disappointed that we didn't see uh the the a white proper. ferrari testarossa yes. rolled out in proper miami vice style yeah but, was uh, a real... i'll take i'll take i'll take what i can get yeah well they they we've got that race for what's a 10-year contract so we've got nine yeah. more uh attempts uh barring miami ending up completely underwater um uh we should have a race that goes for 10 years so uh, we may have other opportunities to see uh, Tubbs and Crockett impersonation. Um, uh, Danny Rick, you still have my blessing to do uh, half of a half blackface. Um, uh, only for Tubbs and Crockett promo for the Miami Grand Prix. You didn't do it this year. It, it's rollover. You got it for next year. Uh, uh, but yeah, I think I think we'll see some testerosis. I think we'll see even more. Like like snake eating itself, like snake eating its own tail mm-hmm. type promotional stuff. Like the Miami Grand Prix from this year will be used to promote it next year, and then that will be used to promote it yep. going forward. Uh, so yeah, um, we'll see, we'll see, and they'll probably do some weird promo stuff that is going to be so cringy for Vegas too. But we'll see. I'm excited. Oh, uh, speaking of, uh, I did note that during the the sky sports broadcast there was a moment when uh and i believe it was when uh alonzo and hamilton banged wheels mm-hmm. martin brundle literally just called out as they say down in these parts rubbing is racing and yep. i was just like oh man he had that one loaded in the chamber yeah. and ready to go oh yeah that i have to imagine- 
Yeah, I have to imagine, like, uh, especially between him and and Croft, uh, him and Crofty, they have to have like whiteboards full of just like uh, cliche. Yeah, I think it was Crofty who was calling out during the podium ceremony. Was calling out Dan Marino, you know, some sort of NFL something, but star of Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Laces are out. uh, Mister Laces Laces are out himself. Dan Marino to present the, the trophy. It was like, okay, that's. All right. Uh, if that's what your reference point is, let's go for it. Um, all right, Johnny. Well, uh, we do have a little bit of downtime before we hit up uh, the Bartholonian uh, Grand Prix. Uh, but that is our mm-hmm, next mm-hmm, race mm-hmm, on the calendar. Um, but uh, in the meantime, why don't you tell the folks where they can find you online? Hey, hit me up anytime you want, uh, uh, particularly on Twitter. I'm at Johnny Motion. And uh, just as a as a quick side note, uh, big big time for me this past week. I have departed from my my longtime team of sixteen years, my homies, and my my professional family at Perception NYC. Much love to all of those cats. Uh, and I'm moving on to uh, to do my own thing. So uh, uh, if any of our listeners happen to own their own boutique hypercar brands or uh, niche emerging <laughs> technology products, hit me up. I'll uh, I'll help you make some some rad stuff. Oh. Uh, Corey, where can where can everybody find you out there in the world? I uh, love it. Um, well, uh, congratulations, Johnny, on your uh, on your foray into uh, into the great beyond of full on independent contracting yet again. Um, thank you, like thank you. Back back to your roots, uh, Johnny and I were yeah. living together when when he first ventured into this world and started out as an independent contractor and built himself into this. So I got all the faith in the world for you, bud. Um, but. Uh, you can find me at Burn Corey Burn on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, lots of loud noises and banging happen outside my apartment. Maybe y'all can hear that. Um, uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. And also, we are the F1 Files on Twitter and uh, the F1 Files on Reddit. Uh, but yeah, come check us out. Say hi. Rate and review the podcast. Share it with your friends, with your buds, especially if they are brand new Formula One fans. I bet we're going to have a bunch of new people in the US who are now interested in this. So if someone brings it up, you can be like, oh yeah, there's these two these two childhood friends who have been Formula One fans for a very long time and have gone to a bunch of races and kind of are involved in the world a little bit. Uh, they got a podcast. So yeah, um, tell your friends. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. We'll catch up with you the next time on the F1 Files. (laughs) 